0: Greetings Spirit and Truth Worship Center, I'm Paul Cobb, an Associate Pastor, and I will be bringing you a devotional today on the subject of The Truth Matters. I will take my reading from the English Standard Version of 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and verse 5. In this verse Paul writes, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion, raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to obey Christ. What does this mean to me? This means that I have a chance to do something about all the thoughts that are not well-pleasing to God before they enter my heart and become a part of me. These thoughts have an effect on how we look at problems. Things tend to look different when we look at them from a different perspective. When we see things differently, we interpret them differently. And when God is included, when our faith is active in us, when the Holy Spirit is active in us, it changes the way that we think about the problem. All of a sudden, the light goes on, and we see God and know that He sees us in our present circumstance. And when this happens, though the problem remains, we see it differently. Not with rose-colored glasses, but through the eyes of God. What are some of the common misbeliefs that Christians have about themselves? I know several. For example, I guess I'm not good enough. I'm not a very good Christian. I'm not spiritual enough. My Christianity is under attack. The world is falling apart. Any of those sound familiar? There's something in all of our lives we'd like to change. That's because no one's life circumstances are perfect. But what are we telling ourselves about these circumstances? This devotional is for all of us, all the stuck people who have misbeliefs about what the Holy Spirit wants to perform in us and what it wants to reveal to us about ourselves. So today I want to crack open the window, if you will, and let in some fresh air on this subject for the majority of us who at this time feel inadequate and unfulfilled in our present circumstance. Now we spend our lives worried about what we are not and what may happen instead of how God sees us. We're focused on our failures and our imperfections and our focus is not on God's love and fondness for us. Why is that? It's because society has bombarded us over the years with how we're supposed to act and what we're supposed to believe and how we're supposed to feel. Now keep in mind that being a Christian does not mean that we live in a bubble of perfection. Life is going to be full of ups and downs and failures and we don't get a free pass from difficulty as Christians we still have pain we still have sickness we still experience loss and then there's the ever-present enemy of our soul that has a never-ending task of trying to infiltrate our thoughts with his negative words and he tries to promote his lie about us in the face of God's truth He knows that if He can control your thoughts, He can't control your life. And this would bring pain. It would be a lie-based pain rooted in ungodly beliefs. The beliefs that we have acquired that do not agree with God's word, His nature, or His character. The alarming aspect of these ungodly beliefs is that we wholeheartedly embrace perceptions about ourselves that are completely false and outside of God's narrative. This is dangerous and destructive to Christians. Why is this an issue? It's an issue because the beliefs that rule the heart will eventually govern the life. What we believe and what we do, to a large extent, determines what happens to us in our lives. This is why Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so also is he. A biblical example of an ungodly belief is centered around uh, the scripture that speaks about the spies who were sent into the Promised Land to bring back a report of what they saw. We know that ten spies came back and gave a negative report, and two gave a positive report about what they had saw. Now keep in mind, God commanded the Israelites to possess the land. But the ungodly belief perpetrated by the ten spies that gave a negative report kept over half a million people from entering the land that God promised to give them. In this incident, ungodly belief cost them their destiny. Their ungodly belief was at the root of their disobedience and unbelief. Now, Each of us is capable of holding different beliefs at the same time. One with our head and and one belief in our hearts. It is the belief that we hold in our heart. That is the one that will govern our lives. So here the Israelites believed in their heart that they were like grasshoppers when faced with giants in the land. And that belief ruled their heart and it determined their destiny. Where Will your current belief send you? How will it affect your destiny, your current belief, the lies that the enemy has told you? The formation of our belief depends on who we are listening to. Now, Joshua and Caleb saw and heard God, but the other spies, not so much. They saw themselves and their own perceived abilities in this situation, even though God had a different perspective, because His thoughts and His ways are different than our thoughts and ways, but He had a totally different perspective of the situation, but it didn't pan out. We live out what we have built into our minds. Our thinking becomes our thoughts, our thoughts becomes our words and our actions, and our words and actions become our future. What does this mean? Whatever we think about the most will grow. So I encourage you don't focus on what you're going through, but focus on where you are going to. Don't immerse yourself in your problems. Immerse yourself in the love of God and get His perspective on the problem. What are some ways that we can take these thoughts captive? Well, first, accept responsibility for your thoughts. And with god's help you can regain control of your thoughts and remove the disabling ones second your mind not just your behavior must change you must discipline your mind from which those behaviors stem allow god to transform you by the renewing of your mind number three think through your problems rather than just react so when you experience difficult times you can always react to them and think yourself into Uh, more despair or more pity or you can look forward to the next opportunity and ask yourself, what have I learned from this failure? What have I learned from this lesson? God, what are you trying to show me here? Number four, take your disabling thoughts captive through confession. Paul uh, urges us to take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. So confront those thoughts and turn them over to God. It's going to take work, but it's possible if the Holy Spirit is active in us. Number five, choose to focus your thoughts on the right things. We're told to think about those things that are uh, true and noble, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. And when we think on those things, God promises to give us his peace. What a contrast that is to the thoughts of the millions of people today in this world who are looking to doctors and looking to science and and trying to find hope God promises us these these things he promises us his peace if we think upon the right things number six it is possible it's not easy to retrain your thoughts or to respond in new christ-like ways it it takes heart it takes intentionality it takes Willpower to, to, to fight through and allow God to develop a new frame of reference in us based on His truth. It is possible for each and every one of us because God has given us the Holy Spirit to empower us. James shows us where destructive self-talk comes from. This The superficial wisdom is not such as comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, even devilish. It's these negative and distorted statements from our enemy that becomes deadly toxins that will destroy us. And if we continue to tell ourselves um, these distorted statements, if we continue to believe the lies of our enemy, we're going to have negative feelings and engage in negative behavior persistent painful feelings are contrary to God's will. He doesn't want his children to suffer from depression or worry. It reminds me that some people come into counseling with the mindset uh, and the question, what must I do to be miserable? As if being miserable is all they can do. Did you know that God wants us to be able to control our feelings and actions and we can do it when we get rid of the misbelief and we, we started paying attention to the positive self-talk based on God's narrative. Jesus promised us that we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. So let the truth expose those misbeliefs for what they are. You can be free from those ugly feelings of oppression and depression and anxiety. And you can learn self-control hey, it's all right to experience those negative feelings. But I want to remind you that discomfort never killed anyone. But our misbeliefs tell us that discomfort is terrible. It tells us that we can never endure. But I am a living testimony and a witness that it is endurable. What you think and believe determines how you feel and what you do. So when you're, when you're triggered by thoughts and emotions, you can give them to the Lord. Psalms 142 and, one and uh, verse 1 and 2 says, I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before Him my complaint. Before Him I tell my trouble. For example, you say, Lord, I give you my frustration. Lord, I give you my anxiety and my fear. Give the Lord those lies from the enemy so that he can reveal a word to you and give you an image of what he wants to bring about in your life. So today we focused on the beliefs that sometimes enter our heart, those beliefs that govern the life for better or for worse. Those ungodly beliefs, those lies must be confessed and renounced and they must be replaced by the truth that the Holy Spirit speaks inside of us. Here's what the psalmist wrote concerning God's view of us. Your eyes saw my unformed substance, and your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them. So God's own word, the Bible, shows us that God immensely cares for us as His whole creation. He cares for us. He has a plan for us. He's not going to leave us or forsake us, but He's looking forward to spending uh, eternity with with us, as He shares His truth about us, and we understand now that the truth matters. Let me pray for you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your good thoughts about me. May my own thoughts reflect your truth and nothing else. When I have these negative thoughts, I pray for your help to quickly recognize it and that you would empower me to focus on what is true, what is pure, and what is lovely. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen. God bless you. I love you. I'm praying for you. I can't wait to be back in service with you. God bless you.